Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the What Next podcast. This week, we will be doing another timeout session where I answer Q&As from various members of our What Next community, questions you might have sent to our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter handle. So thank you to everyone who has sent a question. We do try to respond um, immediately to whatever questions you might have. And then I select the questions that are recurring and I will be putting them on timeout. So the first question we're going to tackle today is a question around procrastination. So a young lady sent a message talking about how she starts the year off setting goals for what she wants to accomplish during the course of the year. But unfortunately, somewhere along the line, she's not able to sustain the follow through in order to be able to achieve those goals. And she's just wondering if there are any tips or any advice that I might be able to give that would help her stay consistent with her goals. I would say that first and foremost, when you start to set goals for yourself, you need to understand why you want to achieve this particular goal. Goal setting has to be something personal to you and it can't be something generic. It cannot be a, a fad, something that everyone is doing. And because everyone's doing this, you've decided that it's something you want to achieve as well. You really need to sit down and ask yourself by the end of the year, where do you want to be? And in understanding where you want to be and seeing who you want to become by the end of the year or what changes you want to have implemented in your life by the end of the year, you then start to work backwards in terms of in order for me to become this or to accomplish this, what are the things I need to do? And that is how you start to put a plan in place. It is critical for you to do this process because a plan which has no why behind it is very difficult to accomplish. So you need to understand the reason behind your setting up a certain goal for yourself. Now, when you know the why, when you find yourself slipping, what will help you get back on track is you reminding yourself what you have to lose if you don't accomplish this goal and what you have to gain if you do. If the conviction behind your why is not strong enough, then the odds that you're going to be able to sustain the consistency required in order for you to achieve your goal is going to be difficult. I think you also need to remind yourself that you're not going to get results in day one. You're not going to get results immediately. And you have to be patient with yourself when it comes to accomplishing a goal. Sometimes most people, they give up on their goals because they feel, I have been doing the work and I'm not seeing the results. And the lack of results is what actually discourages a lot of people and people then start to lose motivational drive to continue to push and be persistent. In situations like that, you need to just remind yourself that it takes time for you to start seeing results. It's like deciding that you want to lose weight. You go to the gym the first day. If you come back home after that day, you look in the mirror, you will see nothing. It doesn't mean the work hasn't started. The process has started. You're just not going to see the results instantly. If you stay consistent and you're putting in the work, you're going in three times a week, you're doing the right things, you're also managing your diet, by the end of a month, you should see results once you look in the mirror. It's the same with most goals. You're not going to get the results immediately, but you have to trust the process, right? So sometimes you look at someone else and you're like, wow, this person is so accomplished. What you're seeing is the end result, but the work that they've had to do, you didn't see the process that led to that success. 
There will be good days, there'll be bad days. And even when you fall short of your daily expectations, don't give up. Do not let that disappointment deter you. Start again. Start again and keep pushing through. That ability to stay motivated, that ability to self-drive is what will help you to eventually get there. One of the other things I always advise people to do when they, they have goals is write them down. There is just power in writing something down that implants that image somewhere in your subconscious that drives you to continue to work towards achievement of that particular goal. So write it down and put your goal somewhere that's visible to you every day where you can see it. And every single day, ask yourself at the end of the day, did I do anything today to help me get closer to achieving this goal? If you didn't, then be more intentional the following day with regards to doing something that is going to help you towards your goal achievement. It's all about being able to stay consistent, but it all starts from why you want to achieve that goal in the first place. Like I said, if the why is weak, the chances of you actually following through will be very, very slim. So it has to be a very powerful why. And that starts from the very beginning, understanding what it is you want to accomplish. I hope this helps. And we will also continue these conversations with regards to how we can stay on track with regards to achieving our goals. And I'll also bring in one or two guests sometime in the future to discuss how they were able to stay consistent, especially in the face of disappointments or when things weren't going right, but they stayed the course and the results. Our second question today is um, from a young lady called Lara. Lara wants to know what she's doing wrong. She's been applying for several roles and she has not been invited for any interview. She wants to know what could possibly be the reason. Now, Lara, without really having more information with regards to the exact roles you're applying for, the, um, the types of companies and your experience, it would be difficult for me to be very specific However, what I will say to you is generically, when applying for a role, it's very important that you look at the job description of the role you're applying for, you look at your resume, and you ensure that your resume matches the job description as best as possible. You need to keep in mind for most jobs, recruiters have in excess of 20, 30 people applying for the same role. And so you are competing with quite a number of other people. The closer your resume is to matching the job description, the better an opportunity you have of being actually called in for the job. Another thing that could give you an edge would be if there is an opportunity for you to write a cover letter to attach to your resume in making your submission, please go ahead and do that. A cover letter gives you an opportunity to actually sell yourself a bit more things that may not necessarily be able to show up in your resume format with the intro letter, you will be in a better position to do that. You could explain in an intro letter the reason you're targeting that specific organization or what your career aspirations are, why it is that you're currently looking for this particular role. You could give them something that would give you an edge. So if the recruitment process permits for you to have a cover letter, I would say, please go ahead and draft a cover letter and attach to your resume. 
If it's an online portal where there is no opportunity to attach any additional documentation, then just go ahead and fill out the application form and, it, and, and send your resume with the application form if you can. If not, just fill out the application form, but please make sure that you read the job description properly and you ensure that you are a perfect match or at least as close to 80% a match as possible. And there are simple ways of doing this. Look at the language in the JD and start to implement in your CV, put in, impute some of these same catchphrases or words that you're finding in the job description, right? So another thing is you have experience in customer relations, right? And the job you're going for has something to do with more selling. You may not necessarily have exact sales experience, but you can actually talk to the fact that as a customer service representative, you are customer facing, which is very relatable when it comes to sales. You are also resolving issues and you're also able to convince customers to stay with your organization or to actually cross-sell and upsell in the process of resolving an issue. The ability to retain a customer in itself is a sales process. So it's all about tweaking your current experience in a way that will match the actual job that you're going for. What I tend to find a lot is people use the exact same resume to apply for an array of roles, and most of those roles have nothing to do with the other. So it's sort of like a lottery for you if you do get picked in a situation like that, because the lottery being, if you're lucky enough that one of the roles you're applying for actually matches your experience, then you get it. I would rather be a lot more intentional when applying for a role. I would rather really focus on the industry and I would customize my resume to speak to that specific industry. Now, I'm not saying lie in your resume or embellish. No, definitely not. You do not want to do that because obviously background checks will be done and you still have to go for an interview where you have to speak effectively about what it is you've put in your resume and also your background, right? So you don't want to lie or embellish the truth too much. What you do want to do is to ensure that you are using the right terms that align with what they are looking for. Certain jobs will say we're looking for people who can think on their feet. How does your current experience or your, your previous experience, what opportunities have you had in your previous experience that you can leverage to showcase the fact that you are actually someone that thinks on their feet and you're able to make decisions on the go? Very minimum supervision required, those sort of things. So please do not just take one CV and send it to multiple industries, multiple job roles, and expect that you are going to be called in, especially if it's the same organization. So I've seen situations where you're applying for different roles in an organization, and then you are sending your CV to every single one of those roles. Odds are it's going to be the same process of elimination. And when they see you applying for all sorts of roles in the same organization, it already speaks to the fact that you just want a job, but exactly what you want to do, you're not sure of. So please make sure that when applying to the same organization, the roles you're applying for are quite similar. You cannot apply for a role in IT, apply for a role in customer relations, apply for a role 
in marketing, apply for a role in finance within the same organization with the exact same CV, no one is going to take you seriously. So in looking at what it is you've done wrong, please look at the various elements I've spoken to and see which one applies to you and then just switch it up a bit. Ideally, being able to have the opportunity to present a cover letter with your CV always gives you an edge. And then also try not to make your CV too long. I don't think there's any reason for a CV to be five to 10 pages long, right? You should be able to summarize. That in itself is a skill set. Your ability to summarize your experience in three pages and be able to effectively pass across the message you're trying to to recruiter. That in itself is a skill set that recruiters will find very appealing. As again, someone who sent a five, six, seven, ten page resume with their life details in it, there are certain things that are just not needed in the beginning in a resume. So please make it punchy, make it straight to the point, summarize your experience, focus on the key experiences that are relevant to that particular job description, take out the ones that are not relevant. You can put them in another version of your CV that's going to another organization and speaking to another job role. So do not jam pack your CV with unnecessary information because again, recruiters are seeming through thousands and thousands of CVs sometimes in a month and they just at some point will get impatient. I hope this helps. I will at a later time also bring in a recruitment expert who has done loads of CV um, reviews and they will come in and also give their opinion at a later date. So I do hope the tips I've given for now, you find them useful. Okay, so for the third question that we have today and the final question, this question is from a young man who has recently moved into a new department. The department where he was in previously, he was doing so well. In fact, he did so well, and that was why he was recommended to be moved to this new department, which is sort of like a promotion for him. However, in this new department, it seems that things are not going too well. He has not been getting along with his supervisor. He says when he's given a task, he goes away, does the task, believes he has a good understanding of the requirements, goes and executes. But by the time he's done and presented back to his supervisor, she seems to be always very unhappy and pick at everything he's done. This has happened so frequently that he's now starting to lose his confidence in his ability to do his job. And he's trying to understand how he could have been so good in his old role. And now in this new role, he's struggling. He would like to know what advice I would give him to help him get back on track. Again, I would have loved a bit more context, but going just based on what you have sent across and what you've written, I would say, take a deep breath. Don't lose your confidence in yourself. It sometimes also helps to go back to your old department and speak to your old boss just to be reminded of some of the attributes that you exhibited that made you be defined as a superstar or a great performer in your old role. Doing things like that helps you boost your own confidence level. Now with your new supervisor, I believe that there must be a communication gap somewhere. And the reason I say that is you've been given a task. You said you believe you understood the task, 
and then you go and execute, come back, and then she's not pleased. That tells me that somewhere between her giving you an explanation of what needs to be done and you going away to execute, there was a misalignment somewhere with regards to what her definition of success should look like. So I would start by saying that when you're asked to do something by the supervisor, ask some clarifying questions. Repeat the task to your supervisor and just confirm that you are, you have it right in terms of her expectations. It's always important to make sure that whatever goals are set for you, you have clarity and that both parties are clear on what the goal that you're trying to accomplish is, right? You shouldn't have a certain perspective and the other person has a different perspective because then obviously you will not be delivering to the person's satisfaction. So once you're given a task, don't just assume that you understand what the person wants. Ask some clarifying questions or just repeat the question to them and clarify that so this is what they want you to do. Another thing that's always good to check is confirm timelines, expected timelines, because sometimes it's not so much that you actually didn't deliver what they expected. It may just be that you delivered it at a time that was not aligned to the person's expectation. And so maybe the work you did no longer actually is required or no longer fulfills the requirements of your boss. So please don't just clarify these are your expectations, clarify timelines as well. And if there are resource requirements, please go ahead and note them and also express what it is that you might need in order for you to be able to get the job done. It is critical as well that you define what success should look like, right? So between yourself and your supervisor, you need to be clear on what success should look like by the time you're done with the task. If you are able to have all this mapped out from the start, it will be very difficult for you not to know whether or not you've done well before going back to your supervisor. So because you've, you, you've outlined what the task is, expected delivery timelines, resources required to achieve your task, and then most important, what success looks like. When you go and execute, you will be able to tell yourself whether you've done the task right or not, or whether you've achieved the goal or not. So when you go back to your boss, you're either going back to them, clearly saying, I was able to achieve it, or you were not able to meet the exact milestones. And you should also be able to explain why you were not able to meet those milestones. Another important thing, please do not hesitate to ask for help when you need it. A lot of people, especially when they come into new roles, they're scared to ask for help because they do not want to look as though they don't, they're not fit for the job, right? Nobody comes into a new organization already understanding every single aspect of the organization. So it's always important when you come into a new division to understand what the culture of that division is, how they work together as a team, what the expectations are. Also understand who are the various people that you can go to for different support needs, right? You know your strengths, hopefully, and you also know your weaknesses, hopefully. You should be able to identify within the team, the people you can leverage for support for the areas where you know you're not so strong. And then you should also be willing to provide some level of support to others in your area of strength. So it's always very important when you come into a new role to try to gauge the, the environment you've come into, the culture, the expectations, the do's and don'ts, and then also try to find out where you would fit into that new 
ecosystem that you've come into. But communication is critical. Understanding what is expected of you from day one. I find in most cases, I mean, there are situations, of course, where you just generally have a difficult boss who has a, a, a difficult personality or their personality and yours just does not um, go well together, in which case then you need to learn how to manage your boss. And that's a whole different topic in itself, managing upwards. It's a topic we can cover further down the line, but I think for the question you have at the moment, I would say if your challenge is you're not delivering on the job as expected, as defined by your supervisor, but you seem to believe you have done what has been asked of you, then please start every discussion by clarifying what the expectations are and make sure that you break it down in such a way that it is clear between the both of you what success should look like at the end of the task. I hope this helps. Try it and then send us a message. Let us know how you're getting along. Thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of the What Next podcast, our timeout segment. Those were the three questions we were able to take this week's episode. I do hope you found them useful. I look forward to the next timeout. Please continue to send in your questions and your experiences so we can share them with the What Next community. You just never know who you're helping by sharing your story or giving advice to other members of the community. Share this segment as well amongst your friends, family members, and don't forget to follow us on the various social media channels if you're not already doing so. And also follow us, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google, amongst others. Thank you very much. I look forward to the next episode. Have a wonderful week.